The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And thanks for hanging out with us on another beginning of the week. A wonderful Monday morning. Yay. Should be excellent per usual. I'm going to try and start a new little series here. It's not going to be consecutive, but it's something that I've been wanting to do. I kind of started it last uh, year or two doing state-by-state cryptids, but I didn't get very far. I'm going to just kind of do the 40 and 50 states, and I'm just going to go in alphabetical order, and I'm going to dive in state by state and um, just kind of talk about some of the weirdness that goes on there, some of the weird local lore, some of the cryptids, uh, haunted places, UFO sightings, anything that I come across. I've got a lot of books that uh, kind of give little snippets about weird shit that goes on in all 50 states, but there's not, some of them don't have enough to do a whole episode on some of them do and we'll probably eventually get there on some of the bigger stories but I thought that I would just go and um kind of throw these in here and there uh I think I'm just going to go in alphabetical order that way it's easy to uh, as well keep track of uh so today we're just going to dive into the uh 40 and weirdness that is uh Alabama I got a bunch of stuff pulled up here so it should be pretty good conversation um before that we got to get through all of our business Make sure to check us out Wednesdays on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, for the night shift. Come and hang out, uh, get in the chat, and just listen to some good old live weirdness. Check us out at all our socials. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast. Come and join the Hollow Cult. Be part of the movement. And uh, just be part of the community. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like to share... Uh, Kyle's got a bunch of information that you're going to want. I do. You can call, text the holophone, which is going to be 1618-556-0837. You can use your voice memo app on your smartphones, record your story, or write it out, or record it with the video 
recorder on your phone or whatever way you want to do it, and then shoot it over the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can also try to schedule an interview with us, and we can have a sit-down conversation with you, and you can tell us all the weird things that are going on in your life, and you can email that, a short snippet of your your story there, to hollowskyinterviews at at gmail.com. The weirder, the better. Please and thank you. If you'd like to support the show, there's plenty of ways you can do it. First and foremost, spread the word of the Hollow Cult. Share the show wherever you can on uh, social media, word of mouth, uh, tag it on a bridge, rent a billboard, you know, whatever you need to do to get the word out there. We appreciate everyone for how far we've come. Without you guys, uh, there wouldn't be no Hollow Sky or Hollow Cult, so we appreciate you. We have a Patreon. You know how that works. Go over there, check that out, see if any extra content something you're interested in. Uh, we have a Venmo <clears throat> where you can throw some extra change for some monsters. Uh, we appreciate you all. That's been popping off pretty pretty cool here lately. So we thank you all for that. And you can leave us a uh, five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, if I can find them, I will gladly shout them out. I'm not really great at looking, finding very many outside of uh, old Apple here. But sometimes I do stumble on them, and when I find them, I will do so. So today's five-star rating and review is brought to us by our friend Stax84. Stax says, five stars, incredible show. Love these awesome down-to-earth funny dudes. I listen and subscribe to just about every paranormal podcast in English and in Spanish, and this is one of the few podcasts that gets an instant play no matter the topic. Well, Stax, thanks first and foremost for taking the time to leave uh, our, our rating, and thank you for all the kind kind words. We are stoked that you uh, dig the show. Yeah, forever appreciative of it. Forever. <clears throat> um, moving on to our paranormal experience of the week. Sometimes I say of the day, and sometimes I say of the week. It's all right. So Everybody I just, knows. I just mix it up a little bit here. Everybody knows. This one is, uh, it's been sitting in the vault for a while now. We apologize that we haven't gotten to it sooner uh, because we kind of get lost in our chronological order we go here. But it is Well, the email is kind of a disaster. Yeah, that is a fact. Yeah, we we do our best with it. So this is from our friend Autumn. Um, She has sent this to us almost a year ago. And uh, we apologize for not getting to it sooner, but Autumn says, uh, Autumn from Discord Paranormal Experiences. I have many stories, but this one was probably the most bizarre and unexplainable. I'm actually glad I wasn't alone because at least I have confirmation that it did happen. My ex-husband and I rented a two-bedroom mobile home in Walker, Louisiana in 2004. Almost immediately, we noticed something was strange. No matter what time we went to bed, within a few minutes we'd heard what sounded like either someone rummaging through our boxes in the spare room or playing on the computer keyboard every single night. Now, I'm not an easily spooked person, but I couldn't sleep in that place by myself. Not even a short nap during the day. As soon as I closed my eyes, it felt like someone was an inch from my face. I would be washing dishes and often would feel or hear someone stomp on the floor right behind me. We kept finding strange candies we'd never bought in odd places. We would sit on the couch and watch TV, and we could see a shadow imp, quote, lifting or uh, uh, flitting up and down the hallway and peeking around the corners. That's weird. Darting in and out of our rooms. I mean, that is seriously. Weird. 
Seriously, what are the odds that you pull that story? Yeah. That's exactly what Jay was describing. Yeah, we just recorded our last week episode uh, where we went over Which, Jay's experience. Yeah. That is strange. Synchronicities abound. Oh, dude, that's weird. If <laughs> That is so weird. That is weird. All right. Uh, if we looked directly down the hall, it would stop. All that was nothing compared to the night that we pissed it off. We left the TV on 24-7. At night, it was our ambient light, and during the day, we left it on for a bird. Well, our electricity bill was pretty high, so we decided we would start turning off the TV at night. Big effing mistake. We crawled in bed and immediately started hearing the cabinet's doors, doors slam. Then the silverware drawer slamming. Two seconds later, we would hear all the toiletries being knocked off the edge of the tub, followed by the sound of knocking and stomping in the hall. Then something being thrown against the wall in the spare room. These sounds kept getting faster and louder. Then they expanded into our bedroom. The coat hangers in the closet started swinging and clanking. There was scratching and thumping under the bed. Then there was even a loud rustling sound and rattling coming from inside the drawers. It sounded like this, the house was coming completely apart. We literally sat in bed, clinging to each other, like scared children for quite a while. We finally agreed to get up and investigate. So he got his flashlight out and we went, on, we went up to take a look. As we were walking down the hall, we could literally see the paneling vibrating from, from all of the banging. There was not one thing out of place, though. We went outside, looked under the house, nothing. Finally, we went back inside and asked it to please stop. We had to work the next day, and we would turn the TV back on. We did, and within five minutes, all the disruption stopped. We moved shortly after that, and when we moved, we found out our owner's grandma had died there in the trailer. All she did was sit and watch TV the whole time. It has since burned to the ground. <clears throat> well, Autumn... Uh Shout out to Autumn. If anybody's in the Discord, you know who Autumn is. She's kind of like a, kind of like the Discord one of the Discord moms over there. Keeps oh, everything, yeah, for sure, keeps for everything sure. in line, and we are grateful for that. Um, thanks for submitting your story. Uh, that is the synchronicity is weird. Whenever you put forth the shadow imp, considering yes. we just came off of Jay's story where he initially describes the same thing. Um, the first half, my mind kind of sort of goes, goes toward the Fae with them, the, the small stature of the shadow imp and that leaving candy and whatnot mm -hmm. in your house. It's kind of the route my mind went before Kyle made the correlation with Jay's story. Uh, I do like that you did the research and came about, uh, the grandmother that passed away in the trailer before you lived there. And all she did was sit and watch the TV and the TV seemed to be the catalyst to set things off. Um, that was some, some good paranormal, uh, detective work. Um, that's usually where I ask if anything else weird had happened in the house before then, but you'd already covered that. So, uh, I love the story. Yeah, I do. Because <clears throat> I, I had this, this image in my head of this little, little prick like getting <laughs> getting a child tantrum because the TV's off and it's going around the house just knocking everything over being an ass and then it, it's also funny because they get up to investigate and nothing's out of place I, I just picture this little thing knocking everything over and then putting it back like oh I'm so mad and then smacks it over picks it back up puts it back up there like hey I'm mad I'm not that mad I mean I am that mad but Turn the TV back on. Come on, let's go. 
you know? I love that it just chilled after the TV went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like a child would do. Yeah. Like a child would do. Uh, just super, super bizarre, super bizarre story. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of with Steve on the, the Faye. Like it's still, even though it, like, like it, it could be a, a variant of the Faye, you know, the shadow imp that you call, which I really love the name too. Terrifying. It's a really cool name, but <clears throat> super bizarre story. Thank you so much for submitting that. Yes. Shout out to Autumn. Anybody who's not in the discord, Go over there, check it out. Even if you never Kill use Discord, uh, they they um they will help you out. Oh yeah, they I mean Autumn, Colleen, Jenny's over there. All so many good people. Birdie's over there. Uh, Heroes over there. Everybody will lend an open ear and help you f- find your way through the Discord. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so, easy once you figure it out. Maynard's over there. I know I'm I'm missing a lot of people, but everybody over there is just great. So go check it out, and uh, let that be another little, another little part of the hollow cult that's engulfing your lives. So we're gonna get into this forty and fifty state here, and today we're just gonna go in alphabetical order. So I'm doing Alabama. Like I said, I have a bunch of different books that talk about little weird aspects of all of the states. And we're just going to kind of dive into it. Like I said, a lot of this stuff isn't quite big enough to be a whole episode in itself. So I'm just going to jam as much in here as I can. So starting out from Dale County, Alabama. It's uh, stated it's one mile northwest of Newton at bridge of uh, State Route 134. A shallow sinkhole on private land along the west bank of the Choctawatchee River. Has many or has many years been used as uh, a landfill essentially, but no matter how much stuff they dumped into it, it would not fill. No matter how much dirt, no matter how much refuge, it would not fill the sinkhole. Without really being able to explain the phenomenon, it may have something to do with a local tradition uh, that the subsidence began when a local man named Bill Skedio was hung on the spot and cursed it forever in the late 19th century. Um, outside of that, nobody really knows what was below the uh, ground there where the hole was. They said when Bill was hung, they he was so tall they had to dig out a little area of ground where they hung him so his, his feet wouldn't touch because, you, I mean, that poses a problem. <clears throat> But I started digging into this. Was it hanging from a tree or something? I'm assuming so. I was like, why didn't you just build the platform higher? Yeah. So I, I dug into this. Once, like I said, I've got these books that give little snippets, and then I'm just going to kind of dive in here and uh, go for it. So it has, Bill, Bill Skeeto here has a Wikipedia. So he said he was a Methodist minister from South Alabama town of Newton, whose lynching there on December 3rd gave birth to one of Alabama's best-known ghost stories. While locally told stories of his life usually say that he was hanged on trumped-up charges of desertion from the Confederate Army, other sources show that he was killed for aiding pro-Union renegades in that area. Whatever the reason for his murder, a shallow hole dug beneath Skeeto's feet during the hanging to accommodate his large frame ultimately led to stories of a hole that won't stay filled, which reminds me of Mel's hole. Right, yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Um, according to witnesses, this hole never disappeared even after being filled in numerous times retaining its original dimensions for the next 125 years. 
Skeeto's tale became a staple of Southern American folklore and was later immortalized by Alabama author uh, Catherine Wyndham in her 13 Alabama Ghosts book. The hanging site remained a local attraction for decades and continues to attract visitors even though the hole itself has recently disappeared to flooding in the area. Today, the site of Skeeto's lynching uh, lies beneath the Alabama Highway Bridge 134 over the Choctawatchee River, and a monument uh, to Skeeto has been erected nearby. Uh, the hole. So, here is information on the hole. Skeeto's lynching created quite a stir in Newton, especially as locals began to notice that the hole dug to facilitate his hanging never seemed to disappear. It retained its original dimensions as years passed, about 30 inches uh, wide by 8 inches deep. Even when filled with trash, dirt, or debris, locals always returned, sometimes within hours, to find it completely empty. Campers claimed to have pitched their tents right over the hole after filling it with dirt, only to awaken the next morning to find it seemingly swept clean. All of this turned Skeeto's story into a legend that later immortalized in Wyndham's book... Uh, bringing numerous visitors to Newton to see Skeeto's hole. See, so it's kind of different than Mel's hole. Mel's hole was just essentially a... Uh, Never-ending abyss. Yeah. <clears throat> Where this is not that deep, but no yeah. matter what you put in it, it just disappears. I, don't, I was going to say that it's kind of funny that the way they worded it about how they... That, What's his face cursed the land? I'm like, man, this more or less like kind of a blessing if you think about it because <laughs> you, you, you can put it, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you can throw anything away in there, right? So you talking about world pollution? Let's just put all the trash and shit in there and just call it a day. <laughs> At least one local resident insisted on a completely natural explanation for the phenomenon. Mary Fleming, who lived in Dale County after the war and saw the hole many times, asserted that Skeeto's friends, including one named Walsh Reynolds, secretly kept it clean, all while insisting that some supernatural force was to blame. Reynolds adamantly denied this, insisting that he knew no more about what was going on in the hole than anybody else. In 1979, a new highway bridge was constructed over the site of Skeeto's hanging. His hole itself found beneath the span. In 1990, after flooding uh, necessitated an importation of riprap uh, to strengthen the riverbank, the cavity was essentially covered with tons of rocks. Although the hole itself is no longer visible, the site remains popular with visitors and researchers of the paranormal. In 2006, Skeeto's family members joined Newton officials in dedicating a monument to their ancestors, uh, near the site of his death, which briefly uh, relates details from Wyndham's account. Uh, the last bit of information was from Wikipedia for anybody that is interested. So that's a little little bit of local folklore there that I thought was kind of cool that uh, you have an unfillable hole there in Alabama. And now it's magically gone. Well, apparently you can fill it full of riprap. Well, maybe they just made like a dome over top of it. Yeah, or put a piece of metal or something. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting there. Um, let's see where we go from here. Lamar County. A mystery light has been reported sporadically since the 1890s. It's located in a rural area near the Mississippi state line, about two miles northwest of Malloy, Alabama. Malloy is 25 miles northeast of Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, so we have a ghost light here. Also in a second book I am looking at... Uh, near Huntsville, girls walking home at night saw a light traveling along the creek bed at near 
uh, car traveling speed, which was in 1934 or 1935. Uh, ghost lights are nothing new, especially in the South. Um, it's a pretty common phenomenon, and people like to kind of, what do they say? Swamp gas? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit of that nature. Or I guess you could maybe chalk it up to ball lightning, maybe? Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, could but, be ball lightning. But regardless, like, I wonder why it's more prevalent in the South. I don't know. I know there's some there's somewhere around here that has a ghost light. Cause I'm I was curious about going and checking it out. I don't know if it's on a railroad or I, yeah, there's a lot of those stories too. <sighs> yeah. Like guys either the train itself or the the gentleman holding lanterns and stuff like that. Yeah. It's pretty pretty interesting. Uh the next one I have here is on November twenty first. 1898, large batches of fibers fell over the city of Montgomery. It was in strands and occasional clumps several uh, inches square. The Montgomery advertiser described it as resembling asbestos, but it was also luminescent, so it would glow. (laughs) The monthly weather review, however, insisted that it was cobwebs from flying spiders. As mm, a trusty old explanation of falls for fibrous matter. Um, uh, they also refer to it as angel hair. Well, one thing's for sure. If it's flying, glowing asbestos, <laughs> you're 100% getting cancer from that. <laughs> don't, do not eat yeah, you, the glowing right. cotton candy that's falling from the sky. You are definitely getting cancer. <laughs> 100%. I love it. I love it. Um, there are, I bought the entire collection of the, um, uh, Charles Fort studies, and there are so many, so many stories of just odd shit falling from the I sky. I love it. I love it. So strange. So strange. Um, from there, we have uh, Winfield, Alabama, about 85 miles northwest of Birmingham. The cemetery is on Musgrove Chapel Road, a tombstone of one Robert L. Musgrove in the cemetery of Musgrove Chapel Methodist Church is an eight-foot shaft that now bears what legend calls the image of a woman in a bridal gown. Musgrove was a railroad engineer who died in a collision with another train in 1904. For a long time after his death, his fiancée supposedly made visits to his grave. By the 1960s, the silhouette was sufficiently plain on the stone and could be seen from the road. Another image bearing tombstone exists in Bucksport, Maine. Uh, that's just something uh, kind of like a little roadside attraction. I guess you could go check out. Not, I mean, it's say respectable because it's a cemetery. But I found that story kind of interesting as well. So essentially, is it is it? I think his old lady's just hanging out. Yeah, or. <sighs> It almost seems like she made so many trips there that kind of like her energy has oh, just... Oh, like a residual thing? Has just like indelled itself onto the stone where he was where he was buried. Either way, I like it. I like the fact... Like that... It sounds fucking cheesy as hell. But it, it gives you like that true love vibe. Like even in death, she's still coming to check on her dude. And yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I can appreciate that. Ride or die. That. I or, like that. Well, die. You know, I, either way, I like it. I um, <laughs> we got another strange fall here. Uh, it says, uh, 
Chillahatchee near Uniontown during a localized rain shower. Live fish fell in April or May of 1956. This also correlates with another story I found here. From Alabama? From Alabama. So, this. According to the New York Sun in Birmingham, Alabama, May 20th. Nineteen or eighteen ninety-two, a hamlet laying eight miles southeast of the city reports a curious shower. A few nights since, toward evening, the village seemed covered with a dense cloud, so black as to threaten a storm. But it was to be seen that there was neither wind nor heavy rain. This cloud continued to hover above the town until until nearly eleven o'clock that night, when it began to shower lightly. Then something in the sound of the rain striking the people as strange. So they went outside to see what was falling. When it was seen that the ground was covered with what was at first mistaken to be snakes, which clearly made everybody freak out, until several of the creatures were caught by more inquisitive or outrageous spirits when it was seen that they were young eels. The largest scene was nearly a foot in length, but a majority of them were only a few inches long. Old fishermen in the vicinity declared that the eels was a species not to be found in the country except on the southern Pacific coast. Though plentiful in Mexico and Central America, it appeared that none of the creatures were were to be found more than a few hundred feet beyond the limits of the village. But witnesses declared that even within that limited circuit, there must have fallen millions of them. The people have been much annoyed since by the heaps of dead eels, which render the town almost uninhabitable, but the farmers are using them as fertilizer. Could you fucking imagine? <laughs> like, what in the hell would you do? I mean... And, and also, furthermore, how is there a logical explanation to that? I, the... Please, someone tell me, because I'm going to go, you're dumb. There is no logical explanation. You hear, you hear people try to write this off as like, water spouts yeah or tornadoes yeah but the fact it was the same there was millions of the exact same species how is it how is a water spout gonna suck up fish well for this case from an from a different ocean on the other side of of the the country <laughs> and then dump it on this side of the country but not pick up anything else but these little eels yeah it is obviously aliens clearly they sucked them Aliens. out of the ocean and then dropped them on some poor small town <laughs> to be assholes. I story. maybe they were trying to help. Maybe they were like, "Man, these guys need a little bit more fertilizer." Stories like these are so great. Oh, I love them. They're so because they're so weird and they're so one-off too. It is so weird. Like I don't even, I don't even know. But you hear it constantly over and over and over again. Um, where are we now? Let's look. I don't know what that was, but I like that picture. <laughs> we we are getting into some weirdness. I like that picture. Well, let me tell you. I'm trying to find uh, where we are at here. There is a weird bridge here in uh, Oxford, Alabama, I believe, called Hell's Gate Bridge. Oh, that's fun. Many years ago, a young couple lost their lives while driving across Hell's Gate Bridge. According to legend, if you stop on the bridge and turn your lights off, a member of the couple will sneak into your vehicle and leave a wet spot. Well, hey. (laughs) If you're wondering how this bridge earned its name, wonder no more. Supposedly, if you stop on the bridge, turned around, 
the road behind you will appear as the fiery gates of hell. Today, because of its condition, Hell's Gate Bridge is closed. Um, there seems to be a little bit more info on it over here. That would be scary as hell if you looked in your rearview mirror and it looked like the fiery gates of hell behind you. Uh, yeah, I would not turn around and go back. And so weird. Like, in one aspect, you have the fiery gates of hell behind you, <laughs> and in the next, somebody's leaving a wet spot on your seat. Yeah, trying to keep your car from just going up into, <laughs> going up into flames. Uh, so according to OnlyInYourState.com, the story behind this haunted bridge in Alabama is truly creepy. There are many bridges located throughout Alabama, and several are considered to be haunted. One of these bridges in particular is located in Oxford and is best known as Hell's Gates Bridge, or the most haunted bridge in Alabama. Hell's Gate Bridge legend is quite famous in Oxford, Alabama. The bridge acquired its name because of the most popular event to take place on it. Sometime during the 50s, a young couple's car drove off the bridge and into the water below. Supposedly, if you stop on the bridge, turn your lights off, remember the couple will enter your vehicle and leave a wet spot on the seat. Uh, this haunted bridge in Alabama earned its name because many people believe that when you stop on the bridge and glance over your shoulder, the road bes- behind you resembles the fiery gates of hell. Locals have experienced this multiple times over the years. Due to safety concerns, ooh, due to safety concerns, local officials are using cement blocks to block off the, gate, the Hell's Gate Bridge, so people can't drive across it. It does look hell of sketch. Yeah, I definitely would. I would. I don't know that I'd walk across it. Let alone drive across. Same. It. But you can still see it if you do. Uh, please be safe, because you can you can get there by foot, but because the bridge is old and falling apart, walking across it isn't recommended. Uh, in 2007, the Oxford Paranormal Society held an investigation and found no evidence of paranormal activity. With that being said, uh, what about the locals who claim to see several ghostly encounters while on the bridge? So if anybody's in Alabama and wants to check that out, please do so safely. Let me see here. Oh, this one's a good one. So, we're going to move into the world of cryptids for a little bit. And uh, we're going to start with... uh, This one's something else here. Uh, This is uh, AL.com. And I'm I'm just going to read what they wrote because I can't describe it any better. She was beautiful. She was exotic. She was hairy. That spring, a creature dubbed the Wolf Woman of Mobile made her appearance to people along Davis Avenue and in the community of Plateau. According to the reports in the press register at the time, witnesses described the creature as having the lower body of a wolf and the head of a woman. She was seen at night stalking residents but never harming anyone. The Wolf Woman is one of several mythical creatures that Alabamans have reported over the years. The half-wolf, half-woman creature so frightened the citizens of Mobile that people began began calling the press register to report the sightings. On April 8, 1971, the newspaper reported the phenomenon, complete with the drawing of the creature conceived by a newspaper illustrator. Listening to as many as 50 phone calls the press register had received day and night in approximately a week, it makes you wonder if something really was out there. Witnesses described the creature as pretty and hairy, the top half of a woman and the bottom half of a wolf. An unnamed teenager is quoted saying, my daddy saw it down in a marsh and it chased him home. Now my mommy keeps all the doors and windows locked. One witness had heard the creature had actually escaped from a circus sideshow. 
Hey, Hollow Cult, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized and with regular live music and events there's no in-store experience like it so just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin hollow sky branded boots how awesome would that be nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots if you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The reporter said that the fear of witnesses seemed real, although the initial reports did begin on April Fool's Day. The police were getting calls, too, and although the officers would not make an official comment, they did investigate to determine what exactly Mobile's citizens were seeing. Sightings of the half-wolf human creatures have been reported throughout history, with the werewolf being the most common. Now you have the dogman. Uh, legends of anthropomorphic creatures uh, have, again, been rampant throughout history. That's a very bizarre... <laughs> Description basis there. She, I mean, she, she was, was hot and hot hairy. And hairy. So, I mean, we don't kink shame here. So no, not at all. It's just a very particular set of words you chose, and <laughs> not one that I would have anticipated. I, uh, let me let me make that clear. I did not choose those. I was reading directly from mail. <laughs> dot com here. <clears throat> Dog women are uh, something else altogether here. Um. Staying with the cryptids, we have um, another another interesting one here, known as the Downy Booger. I don't like where this is going. <clears throat> this I'm pulling from AlabamaBackroads.com. So, the Downy Booger is said to be half animal, half human that was reported in Winston County, Alabama by cousins John and Joe Downey when they were returning home from a late night dance. Reports said they were riding their horses when they suddenly saw a very strange creature that leaped out in front of them. They were reporting 
or they were reported as a saying looked both human as well as animal. When they started to go back home and approach the area where they saw it, both their horses came to a complete stop in fear. Other witnesses who saw the downy booger included Jim Jackson, who was on his way to the commissary in Galloway, a mining town, with a load of moonshine with a horse-drawn wagon. He suddenly saw the same creature walking directly behind his wagon. His first reaction was to try and outrun it. Then he remembered a gun laying beside him that he kept to fend off anyone trying to steal his moonshine. He took his gun and fired twice at the thing, thinking that he hit it. It immediately began to scream and limp away on three feet. News soon spread and a posse was formed to find the creature. They searched the forest only to find traces of blood along the sand uh, bed where the cousins first reported seeing it. It was never found dead or alive. I love it. And here's why I love it. <clears throat> what year was that? Did it say? Uh, horse and buggy time. So A long time ago, so right? pretty old. I love how fucking simple these people thought. Because they're like, Hey, Steve, what'd you see? <clears throat> I saw... Half man, half animal. Half man, half animal. Well, could you like define animal? I mean, I just said it. Animal. <laughs> not a horse, not a cat, not a snake, animal. just animal. Here's I a, love it. Here's another uh, another different take on the old downy booger here. Uh, so according to Joyce Ferris, whose husband is a descendant of the Downies of Winston County, the tale is part of family lore. Another descendant, Vera Whitehead, recorded the history which Ferris published on a website for Winston County History. Quote, John and Joe were jostling along their thoroughbreds, uh, recounting the events of the evening when suddenly a strange-looking creature bearing both the resemblance of human and animal leapt out in front of them. They turned around and again started toward home. As they approached the sand bed where this weird, weird creature had appeared, the horses came to a complete stop. They gouged them in the side, beat them with their bridles, but they would not budge an inch. Finally, they turned around and rode back to the Tittle House, remembering a longer route that they could take. Others who saw the creature nicknamed it the Downy Booger, and one sighting led to its demise, according to Whitehead. On a moonlit night, early fall, Jim Jackson loaded his two-horse wagon with barrels of homemade moonshine and headed toward the commissary in Galloway, a mining town. Glancing over his right shoulder, his eyes fell upon a peculiar-looking creature waltzing on two feet behind his wagon. He froze. His first impulse was to try and outrun it. Then he remembered his gun on the wagon seat behind him. He took aim with the revolver and fired twice. It screamed like a woman in distress and went limping away on three feet. News quickly spread. Jim had shot the downy booger. A posse was formed. They combed the forest, only finding traces of blood leading from the sand bed to a distant cliff. Cliff. Until this day, this incident is repeated among the residents of Winston County. What the downy booger was will forever be a mystery. It's also a very interesting name they chose for it as well. Yeah, you you hear uh, there's some other Bigfoot esque creatures called boogers, wood boogers, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's initially what I thought. I thought you were going to go into a Bigfoot story. Uh, also, I don't do myself any justice either because when I hear half man, half animal, I always picture like pan style, centaur style. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Where the upper half is. <laughs> Is the human in the lower half is the man. And, you know, it could be like a fool. It could be anything if it's half and half. So I always, I don't know, I guess I always do that to myself. 
Yeah, because he didn't even tell what animal it was. No, nothing. nothing. I'm assuming it's probably a Bigfoot-esque creature, if I were to get... Well, I don't know. It said it walked on four legs. Yeah, that's true. Because after it got shot, it was limping on three. I don't know. I don't freaking know. Uh, We also have the Coosa River Monster, which this is an old one. Uh, Originalnewsbreak.com says the Coosa River Monster... In 1816, a letter was written to the Gadsden Times concerning an encounter with what local settlers called a sea monster. The monster was found half in the water, half on the bank, and seemed to be sick. It was killed by the locals, who then began to cut the monster open. To their surprise, they found that the monster had eaten and swallowed what they described as an Indian, a canoe, a bow, an arrow, a deer, and a rifle. (laughs) Yeah, because for a second there, man... I was actually going to be like, man, isn't that a damn shame? Isn't it a shame that like... Find something new and kill it. (laughs) Yeah, like it washes up on the beach, it's sick, and we just kill it. And then they cut it open, and then you find out it's been eating people. And so you're like, okay, I stand corrected. I need some uh, sizes. I need some dimensions of this thing. Because... It ate a canoe, bro. Yeah, I know. It ate a canoe. Was it like 60 feet long? It had to have been. And it had a deer. Yeah, which is small. And, and an Indian. <laughs> so I ate a person, a deer, and a boat. But apparently it was not the only one. In 1862, the serpent was spotted again by a woman in the area who said it floated on top of the water, made a hissing sound, and terrified her. Two more eyewitnesses, including a local judge, saw it soon afterward and also noted a hissing sound. A few years later, even more sightings occurred. Marcus Foster, a respected young resident, thought he saw a man standing in a boat across the water and rode over with his own boat to meet him. As he came within 50 feet of the man, he realized that it was a large creature, instead with its head and neck protruding out of the water around three feet. He said it had a horse-like face, fiery red tongue, and big glowing bulging eyes. Three more times that year, the serpent was spotted on the Coosa River and described as black in color. In 1882, the Gazden Times reporter came to the area to investigate the monster himself. While in a rowboat, he saw a large clump of dark leaves and grass rise to the surface of the river, bubbling with the gases and foam caused from their deterioration in the water. He promptly reported that he had solved the mystery. This put an end to the stories for a long time and certainly halted the paper from reporting any new sightings. However, to this day, people who live along the Coosa River will tell you that the, sti- the sightings never really stopped. Reports of alligator-like creatures, sea serpents, continue to this day. It's, said, it's been said that the Native Americans who lived on the Coosa River before the settlers also told stories of large serpent-type beasts that lived in the river. So, I heard... I saw the clip again just the other day of uh, the story. I can't remember what time period it was. I want to say World War II, something like that. Um, a pilot and two people inside the same plane flew over the Congo and took I pictures of like a 100 to 150 foot snake. Yeah, I saw that. I've seen and that they flew so low that the snake actually striked at them. <sighs> Dude, the world is so so. Could weird. you imagine seeing a hundred foot snake? Um, no. A snake as long as a football field. I don't like or no. seeing. No, like, it wouldn't be as long as a football field. I don't like seeing like still, three feet long snakes. Dude, a hundred footer is gonna swallow both of us. Yeah, I'm not trying to see that. Like uh, we're like we're peanut M and M's in a share package. Yes. 
A uh, little side note here, also on this website, again, originalnewsbreak.com. Uh, it should be noted that another interesting legend uh, from the Muscogee Creek, Muscogee Creek tribe of Lower Georgia describes also a hissing sea monster with bulging eyes. Georgia borders Alabama near the Coosa River. So, could have some correlation there. Does the Coosa River tie into the Congo? I mean, it could. <laughs> you know, it could. I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> we have um, kind of a... Uh, ABC? Yes, kind of a popular one here. I'm not going to go into that one yet. We'll go into this one. I want to see the funny picture. The <laughs> funny picture. We'll get to the funny picture. Good. So this one we have here is a entity known as Hugging Molly. That sounds terrifying. Yes, it can be found. Uh, the legend of this mysterious abnormality began decades ago in the state. And to the children that witnessed the thing, it was downright frightening. First sighted in Abbeville, Alabama, this legend claims that a phantom-like woman would suddenly appear to children, but only during the nighttime. Although she would never harm them in any way, she would grab them and squeeze them very tightly and then scream into their ears. What made this creature more bizarre is that she's said to be over seven feet tall, always wore dark clothing, and wore an old, wide-brimmed hat. Some people say that she's actually the ghost of a local woman who lost an infant and would deal with the tragedy by hugging the local children. Longtime locals of Abbeville say the ghost-like figure still stalks the streets late at night, and if she sees you, she will chase you down, give you a hug, and scream into your ear. They believe that anyone... From here, that or ever anyone from there knew about hugging Molly, and their parents used to tell them that if they went out after dark, that she would get you. I don't even know how to feel about that. It's creepy. It's creepy and hilarious at the First same off. time. And it's funny that the parents of the town are like, "Listen, listen, she's gonna get you. She is gonna hug the shit out of you. She's gonna get you. All right, and you're gonna hate every minute of it. Yeah, you are gonna absolutely despise the fact." That this poor lady is going to hug you and scream into your ear. So be good. I mean, initially, that's terrifying. But at the same time, it's hilarious. So be good or you're going to get hugged. Such a fucked up message. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of like a banshee. Yeah. With the screaming yeah. and a large uh, feminine form. And so and does all that. The, um, the story also reminds me of. I'm probably going to say it wrong, but the La Lorena or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, where do I go? I got a couple more cryptids here. Uh, this one's interesting. Uh, there's not a whole lot to it, but the Walker County creature. That looks like a grizzly from, bear. From cryptidsfandom.com. The Walker County creature is an unknown animal that lives in Walker County, Alabama. An Animal Planet documentary about a supposed attack by it titled Was Bitten, the Walker County incident aired on May 22nd, 2015. Unlike a lot of Animal Planet special, this one appears to be real for a number of reasons. If you know Animal Planet was running like the Megalodon specials, the mermaids. Oh, yeah, so, I was really confused. I'm like, wait a minute, Animal Planet's all fake? Yeah. So they said the reason that this seems legit is that Animal Planet didn't make an announcement to say it was fictional, which they did on all their other fictional 
docu- Yeah, sure. but the Megalodon's not fake. It was real. Yeah, but it being alive. It being alive now. My point still stands. All right, well. <laughs> Megalodon's alive. Changed my mind. Let's do this. Yeah, Megalodon is in living in Alabama. Are so, you sure? Prove me wrong. There was a snake that <laughs> ate a boat, a person, and a deer. And a rifle. And a rifle. And a bow and arrow. And a bow and arrow. So, I mean, I feel like the odds are pretty even that Megalodon's hanging out in Alabama. Alabama I think this is, I think this snake creature probably ate the Megalodon. So it's not alive in Alabama. Ah, dang it. Okay. So they didn't make an announcement that said it was fictional. There was no cast list at the end, which they also did. Much of the information given by locals is potentially true, and some of them could have just given incorrect information. However, most of it seems uh, scripted, which you can find on IDM or IMDB page. Dates and last names of witnesses are unknown. But uh, these are the sightings. Daniel was bitten by this creature. He has been left with scars that appear to be acid burn-like in context. Another person, Justin, caught a glimpse of the creature. Uh, Jameson was driving and saw the creature cross the road. He totaled his car and he injured five vertebrae in his back, broke his sternum, and uh, pinched some nerves. Daniel and Animal Planet producers caught a pair of eyes on film and also heard growling. Daniel, his wife Crystal, his mom, his stepfather Justin, Jameson, and the Animal Planet producers heard growling and chased the creature. The creature disappeared, but they found people in white hazmat suits. One of them put their hand in front of the camera, and the documentary ends. What? I don't know, dude. If it's real, it's it's seems like it's the identity of the people in the hazmat suits are unknown. Daniel said it looked the creature looked like a bear and a gorilla had had a baby. Jameson couldn't tell if it was and walking. Has acid on. bites. Yeah, Jameson could not tell if it was walking on two legs or four, but it had also been described as a canine. Other occurrences. Justin mentioned that he used to work at a tennis court in a specific county and mentioned seeing mutant spiders there. Some parts of the county are radioactive. Strange mist was filmed coming out of the woods that wasn't fog. Residents have reportedly been hearing loud noises come from nowhere as well. So take this one with... A grain of salt. A grain of salt. Because it, <clears throat> could. Say, it sounds like a clusterfuck. Dog, bear, gorilla equals walker, county creature. Like they have radiation stories. Giant spiders sent giant, out to fight yeah. them. So this one's probably not true, but... Still could be true. I mean, he had acid bites. Yeah. How are you going to fight a Megalodon if you don't have acid bites? That's right. Very, very <sighs> interesting. Okay. And shame on shame on Animal Planet for running a bunch of dog shit. I know. They just... Like, That's so bad. It is. I, I get you're trying to get people so to pay attention, but like... Shame on you. Dude, Everett was so scared of mermaids for the longest time after they put out that mermaid one where like the mermaid were killing people and shit. Yeah, that's dumb. It's we... like the, it's like that new craze <laughs> of the mockumentary. Oh yeah, that's exactly. What I hate are. that. I hate it. You Just get, say that it's a fake. You get somewhere, and you see something cool, and then it's just not. It's just not. Um, we got a face in a courthouse window here. Wikipedia page for the Pickens County Courthouse tells a tale of Henry Wells. An accused man whose visage was reportedly etched into a courthouse window by a lightning strike before he was lynched by an angry mob in 1878. Whoa. Today, the courthouse is a tourist attraction because of the tale. Do they have pictures of it? 
Let's go and look. That was from yeah, like it etched, it etched his face into the glass. Apparently, or does or does it like appear once in a while? I don't know, but I ain't seen no pictures of it. Well, how are you gonna make that claim and then not have pictures of it? Come on, guys, do better. Anybody in Alabama go to the Pickens County Courthouse? See if there's a uh, face in the window. Um, got a couple more here. Journeying down this weird. Weird Alabama. My 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 personal favorite name for uh cryptid. <laughs> and I am not mispronouncing this. The Alabama White Thang. T H A N G. It reminds me of Swamp Thing. Swamp Swamp Thang. Swamp Thang. <laughs> <laughs> So the Alabama white thing, the legend of the Alabama white thing has been prevalent since the 1940s in this triangle of land between Morgan, uh, Etowah, and Jefferson counties where people reported seeing a creature more than seven feet tall covered in white hair is being been sighted in Happy Hollow, Walnut Grove, Moody's Chapel, and near Wheeler's Wildlife Refuge. The creature is known for its ability to move extremely fast despite its size and for its eerie screeches and howls that sound like a woman's scream. Some have described the scream as sounding like that of a panther. Many have speculated that the white thing is an albino Bigfoot or perhaps a large albino bear. Peter J. Grosset writes on his website uh, of Winston County history that his aunt, uh, Fenita Martin-Smith, knew people who reported seeing the white thing. Smith told Gossett, old man George Norris seen it over in the Enon graveyard, and he said it looked like a lion, you know, kind of bushy between a dog and a lion. It was white with slick long hair. It had a slick tail down the end of the tail was a big old bush of hair. He leaned up against a tree and fell asleep. When he woke up, the sun was just rising, but the white thing was laying right beside him. It was looking at him. He said it didn't offer to hurt him or anything. Uh, In Huntsville, the phrase Alabama white thing is used to describe a humanoid, possible alien figure spotted in caves or drainage ditches in Jones Valley, along with the Governor's Drive, or along Governor's Drive, and on Monte Sano Mountain. The creature is described as having no ears or eyes and being completely white. A team of researchers um, of the white thing started a Facebook page called Alabama White Thing. So, Alabama White Thing is a. Anything. Seven foot tall monster, but also could be a lion. Okay, so a couple things here. A couple things. Bigfoot lion. Bigfoot lion. Yeah, I like could, that. Could be a Bigfoot. Uh, could be a lion. Could be a shapeshifter. Right. Well, a couple things here. From here, my eyes suck, right? So at first, I thought the title was the Alabama White Thong. <laughs> <laughs> that is Kyle's favorite cryptid. It, it, I will agree. Uh, secondly, you did it get described as being able to make like panther noises? Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. So the, the, the way a panther would make noise would be like a woman screaming, correct? Yes. Okay. So, and then also gets described as, as a seven foot tall, big ass bear. So I just pictured this big ass white bear screaming like a woman coming at you. In a <laughs> song? Yes, that is so scary because just, it's so it's so misplaced. We have this massive giant creature and it just screams at you like a, a a woman yelling. It's so so ridiculous. 
I just, I like, how, how does this get so convoluted is my question. <laughs> like know. on one end you have, uh, many speculated that the white thing is an albino Bigfoot or perhaps a large albino bear standing seven feet tall. Then you have another encounter where it said an it alien. is a large dog lion with a long tail. Yeah. But then you have another one in Huntsville of a humanoid alien figure that lives in the caves. Alabama, do me a favor here. When encountering cryptids, use different names. Okay? Just because it's white doesn't mean it has to be the white thing. <laughs> Call it like, I don't know. The the Alabama bear lady. Bear lady. The the white thong. I don't know. Just this gets this gets confusing. It gets convoluted. The last one, the the let's, seven foot tall alien seemed better. like a creeper. Let's do it better. Decided to nap with somebody. This thing makes me think of uh, whatever that movie was, where the women go underground into the caves and then they get attacked. Oh, the by descent. The, yeah, the descent. That's gross. Again, that was from al.com. I got a lot of my information from there. There's all kinds of different. Different uh, things I use here. Come um, on, let's get to the good one. Okay, well, get else? to the good one. Uh, we that are, one. Okay, we're going in here. This is gonna be the last one. So, this being the last one, the Alabama Metal Man or the Falkville Metal Man, bro. Like initially, I see that picture. That's all I see. And it literally looks like a dude wrapped himself in tinfoil. Oh. Oh, yeah. I hope that's what happened. So this is from a book, The American Monsters by Jason Offit. This is that entry for the Alabama Metal Man. The woman on the other end of the telephone was frantic. The Falkville Police Chief Jeff Greenhaw answered the telephone shortly before 10 p.m., on the night of October 17th, 1973, and heard the excited voice of a resident of rural Falkville claim that a spaceship had just landed outside town in a field. The chief grabbed his camera, left the police station, arriving at the site of the landing at precisely 10 p.m. There was no ship in the field, however, there was a monster. Greenhaw encountered a bipedal creature wrapped completely in metal, and it advanced on him. According to an article written by B.J. Booth for NICAP, which is the National Investigation Committee, Committee on Aerial Phenomenon, which is a UFO group, it looked like his head and neck were kind of bound together, Greenhaw told reporters. He was real bright, like something rubbing mercury on a nickel, but he was smooth as glass. When Greenhaw trained his police cruiser's headlights on it, the creature bolted across the field. Greenhaw pushed the car 35 miles per hour across the bumpy terrain, but the monster quickly outdistanced it. He was running faster than any human I'd ever seen. Greenhaw reported, Although the metal monster was never seen again, neither was the ship. The entity could still be wandering in northern Alabama. Got a couple more pulled up here on him. The Falkville Metal Man, he was sighted in October 17th, 1973. This is a photograph that Kyle wanted. That's a real picture of it? Yeah, that's a legit photo. It looks like a dude wrapped in aluminum foil. Uh, yeah. The, the appearance, the humanoid entity appeared to be wearing some kind of silvery metallic soup that resembled thick aluminum foil. 
Its head and neck seemed to be fused together and seemed to reflect a lot of light. Greenhall also noted that the thing had an antenna sticking out of the top of its head and that its movements were jerky and mechanical. Uh, a little bit of trivia here from ObscureLegend.Fandom. Despite his fear during the encounter, Greenhall still managed to snap four photographs of the entity, the first showing nothing, but the last three showed the creature pictured above. Oh, you can see the antenna in that one. I mean, what year was this? 73. 1973? Yeah. So they definitely had sci-fi movies and shit out. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna link this, link okay. this together to All something right. else here. Greenhaw described the entity as being able to clear three meters in a single stride, almost 10, 10 feet while running. Greenhaw's experience was instantly met with skeptical der- derision and thought or, and ridicule. Some ufologists believe that the Metal Man was a robotic scout for extraterrestrial la- landing craft. One more thing here. Um, Tinfoil alien was in a clad suit fabricated from or similar to thick aluminum foil, had intensely bright and was as smooth as glass. Its movements were childlike or even monkey-like at times, but the same at the same time seemed very robotic and mechanical. There appeared to be no separation between the neck and the head, which bore the antenna. It ran at speeds, according to Greenshaw, that far exceeded any human he'd ever seen. And it's said to have a literal spring in its step, covering three meters in every direct or er, three meters every way. Although he was off duty at the time, Greenhaw, uh, abating by his sworn duty to serve and protect, jumped up to go investigate the sighting. He had his Polaroid and took pictures. Uh, even though he had a reporter come to him, his statements were on the television for a short while. He suffered a terrible aftermath. Within months of revealing his bizarre encounter, chief of police was terminated by the town council. His marriage fell apart. And just when it seemed as if matters couldn't get any worse, his home was burnt to the ground. Dang. All the above factors have thrown kerosene on the already brightly burning flames of UFO conspiracy theories surrounding the event, and more to the point, give a clear indication why most contact and eyewitnesses remain silent regarding their experiences. The pictures were brought to an analyst and were not concluded as to being a hoax or real, and in fact, they believed it was possible fabrication of the Pascagoula case, which... Uh, an inter- another interesting touch here was when the pictures were uh, examined and the negatives, you could see a ship in the background. No shit. But as they said here, this was the same week that the Pascagoula encounter happened. That's weird. Which is almost exactly the yeah. same entity. Right. So, in October 11th, 1973, the two co-workers were abducted by the weird metallic robot crab claw things right. in Mississippi, which is right next door to Alabama. Yeah. And you wouldn't think, it being 1973, that when they came forward with their encounter, that old boy or woman, whoever, that saw the UFO would have taken the time to... Or would have even heard about the case and that and that. Right. You know, like it wouldn't have been on the news. You wouldn't no, think or any of that no, shit. No, 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 To have them be a fabrication of the Pascagoula encounter. And not to mention, I mean, that picture made that alien look shitty. Yeah. Like, could I'll you, sh- could you, let me put it this way, ladies and gentlemen. So there he if is. If you saw that thing today. There's what they think the Pascagoula 
It's almost exactly the fucking same. Yeah. If you saw the pictures that I'm looking at today, you would probably laugh. You would laugh at it and say you're stupid. You are some dipshit wrapped in aluminum foil. Go away. The, the, how fucked up is it, though, that in the negative there is a spacecraft in the background? That part is fucked up, yeah. You that is a big hoax if you're going. That oh yeah, far. for sure, for sure. And I mean that would that that maybe would change my analysis of the situation. If I sat there and looked at him, and was like you're an idiot, and then I looked right past him, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, there's a UFO. Wait a minute, piss. We got some problems here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So interesting stuff. Yes, uh, that I'll if I remember, I'll post up some of the pictures of some of the creatures and whatnot. And uh, we'll make it a whole thing. If you guys enjoyed this, let us know on the socials. I know we didn't dive too deep into things, but I just kind of wanted to do a little smorgasbord here of stuff that I found. And hopefully, if you guys liked it, we'll make it through all 50 states eventually. As I said, I'm just going to go in alphabetical order, depending on how how you guys like this little, little bits and pieces of weirdness from uh, all the U.S. here. So that about wraps it up. On... Until we meet again, check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord. Come over. Be part of the community. And until next week, everybody stay safe. Everybody stay weird. And if you're in Alabama and you know of anything strange, tell us. But please, name your strangeness better. It gets confusing. Come on, Alabama. You guys got this.